All right, guys, welcome back. Speed up and get your hits podcast. Thanks so much for listening, watching, and uh, subscribing. Per usual, we've got our normal cast of shooters here tonight. I've got uh, Nick from Velox Training Group, Brennan from Vortex Edge, and I'm Billy from a training company called Spectrain. If you are new to the show, we're just uh, three shooters and firearms instructors who like to uh, shoot a little bit, like to train, like to get better, and uh, especially like helping other folks get better. So on the show, we just kind of talk about shooting training and uh, kind of pick each other's brains on some subjects that we hope will help you guys um, get better at uh, at the shooting stuff. Fellas, welcome back. Thanks for joining. I- I'm impressed with us. We're um, that we're here. We're 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 calling in the three of us from three separate time zones across mm-hmm. the country. Uh, I'm out. Um, I'm out in San Francisco right now, so I don't even have a gun. And uh, so, if we need to do demonstrate any techniques tonight for the viewers, I'll I'll rely on you guys. But uh, anyway, how you, how you guys doing tonight? Thanks for coming in. Very good. Very good. Good man. Cool. We've got uh, some interesting stuff to uh, to dive into. It'll kind of be a this week in uh, in shooting kind of centric episode. Uh, before Nick and I monopolize this thing, Brandon, what you, what you got for what you've been up to? Anything interesting? Yeah. Um, so not 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 a whole lot. Uh, usual schedule: teaching classes and stuff uh, multiple days a week. Um, however. Uh, so I shot the, um, Wisconsin sectional, uh, about a week or two ago. Um, mm-hmm. and something that I realized I came away with, um, we talked about this on the, on the podcast before kind of what to, how to, how to, you know, take, how to get homework from like a USPSA match. Right. Um, so I went into that match, uh, the previous major that I had shot, I, I just did really terribly. So I shot it all in speed mode and, uh, wasn't seeing what I needed to, to get the, uh, required points and did very, very poorly. So I went into this next, this next sectional kind of thinking, okay, man, like I really need to shoot points. I need to see my dot and I need to kind of trust my speed. Right. Um, <laughs> great in theory. Right. Uh, but as we know, things always kind of, uh, have a, have a tendency of breaking down. Um, so I did shoot much better points. Um, didn't make yeah. any like grievous, uh, mistakes as far as, as far as points go. But what I realized was that I have a really hard time uh, like moving fast and transitioning fast and shooting slow. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I tend to relate the speed at which I actually pull the trigger to like explosive movement and uh, fast transitions when I'm shooting uh, 20, 25 yard targets, something like that, or just smaller control targets. Right. So coming out of there, I was like, man, like I felt like I was really disciplined. And then I was watching my videos. I'm like, that looks slow as shit. Right. So, uh, I was like, how, how am I going to fix that? And one of my good buddies, uh, Justin said, man, I think you need to do like some speed work, uh, where you're, you're doing like isolated transitions and movement blocks, but with all control targets. Um, and I was like, yeah, man, that seems like a, that seems like a great idea. So, um, I'll often, isolate movement stuff at like 10, 15 yards, uh, mm. maybe even closer, right? Where I'm combining a lot of attack targets and I'm, I'm thinking shoot fast, move fast. And so I've been trying to shoot everything from 25 yards and, and out. Uh, nothing closer than that, unless I'm doing something for a class demo. Um, that's been pretty interesting. So 
learning like what I can actually, A, what I can actually get away with in terms of engaging those targets at farther distances and B, trying to push like really fast transitions and trying to narrow, the, narrow that stuff down. Um, have yet to kind of break into isolating the movement part, uh, but that's kind of next, but I've just been working on um, doubles, build drills, uh, 10 round strings, uh, multiple targets, you know, like um, Blake drills and stuff like that at like 40, 30 yards, something like that, uh, most days this week. So it's been pretty, pretty interesting, man. It's like, if, if, if you guys have, or if anybody who's listening, right, hasn't tried doing a bunch of training at distance and, and like, I don't know, I think it's, I think it's worthwhile, uh, to explore for sure. And I'm excited to get back to like a match and see how, uh, how the speed changes when I've got to throttle myself. Um, yeah control so super super interesting bro so yeah. a couple couple things there you mentioned uh i think the thing you, the thing you're highlighting there about you know the way that our brains link the speed of, of the completely separate tasks that we're doing together obviously a super common issue something you've been aware of for a super long time but uh but yeah you know it, it should be completely separate and, and i love the way you're talking about how you figured out what to build your training plan off of a weakness that you identified in that match. You know, I, I did a, yeah. um, an Instagram kind of like, you know, AMA last night while I was flying out here from North Carolina. And one of the questions was like, Hey, what are the, what are the best drills for, you know, a to be shooting for a decent shooter? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know, bro. Like that mm -hmm. is not the right question. Now, now I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not beating up on this guy, right? That is one of the most common questions that I'm sure all of us get like, Hey, what drills should I be shooting? Everybody wants the easy button magic drill that they can just go out and shoot that will make them a great shooter, right? And it's like, man, the magic is not in any one particular drill. Like, it just is not. You have got to identify something that you want to work on. Um, and then you just have to figure out, okay, with the resources I have at my disposal, targets and, and range space and so forth, what's the best way for me to work on that skill? And just go work on it. Like, that is that is all that it is, right? Um and so, uh, yeah, pretty cool application of that principle you're talking about, figuring out, hey, I've got to, you know, because if answering that question last night, I never would have said to him, oh, I think you should do a bunch of hard exits and entries with 40-yard targets. <laughs> like, that would not have occurred to me, right? Right. But for yeah. you, like, hey, you figured out, like, that's what I need to work on to separate these ideas in my head, which is, you know, a particular issue, right? So, yeah. And really I, cool. think, I, I, I think that's an important concept for people to just be, um, I guess looking for like every time you do something where you're testing your skills. So whether that's like at going to a class, which I know we're going to talk about a lot tonight um, or going to a match or something like that, like be looking for that stuff. And like, man, like, I'll be honest, like, I don't like shooting at 40. I, well, I didn't think I'd like shooting at 40 yards. Like that didn't sound like, Oh, like 40, 50 yards, 35 yards. That doesn't sound super fun. Right. Like 10 yards and in sounds fun. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like at the same time, like I kind of equated to going to the gym, right? Like if you, um, if you always skip leg day, like you should probably stop skipping leg day and start doing some squats and deadlifts and stuff like that. Right. And mm -hmm. like, it's going to suck because it's not as fun as freaking, uh, you know, benching. Right. But, but mate, like, man, like you need to do squats, right. Cause that's where, that's where you're weak. So anyways, encourage people to, to tackle it. And honestly, I've started like really enjoying shooting at distance. Like it is really fun to see what you can do. Um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. That's me, man. Cool. 
Yeah, I think it's worth pointing out as well, right? Sometimes we completely mistake the value of certain skills. So I think hmm. what what seems like common sense is that like being really fast and efficient on your movements matters more on hoser stages than it does on more difficult control targets, <laughs> right? And a lot of times I think the, the reality of that is like on movement, I think the value is exactly the same. It's still how much time are you saving getting between, you know, how do I spend as little time not shooting as possible, right? That's yeah. I think people have the same concept, for example, on the draw. So people think that a fast draw matters a lot more on a three-yard target than it does on a 35-yard target, right? In, in reality, right, I, I like to think I'm pretty spicy on my draws, right, versus, you know, another maybe top shooter in my area. On a five-yard target, maybe I'm beating them by – a tenth or fifteen hundredths of a second, right, on the draw. Mm -hmm. But a lot of those guys on a thirty-five yard target, I'll beat them by half a second on the draw, right? Yeah. Because they have just they just decided the draw doesn't matter for that target, right? And so all of a sudden, I'm gaining chunks of time back that actually matter a lot. Right? Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes we think we assign value to different situations in a, in a completely <laughs> wrong way. Um, so yeah, don't give that stuff up. Cool. So. Nick and I, uh, over this weekend, have been uh, doing a, a little bit of training, I think it's fair to say. Um, Nick brought in uh, Ben Steger and, and Joel Park um, to do a class for us out in North Carolina. Uh, and uh, he and I got an opportunity to train together to that class um, Saturday and Sunday. And then, Nick, I know you got a chance to uh, work with those guys some uh, on Monday as well. But uh, what I thought would be interesting was for us to use this as, as, a, as, an ex as a great opportunity um, to talk about training some more. Last week, we had our editor of the class know what episode, which is kind of at a theoretical level, like, hey, how, how, does, how do you actually take a class and then use that to get better as a, as a shooter? How do you actually get value from the class and how do you use that class to educate and influence your training plan and your training schedule in a way that actually will make you better over time. And how do you work on those skills? Um, so I think this, this week we have, are going to have some super practical examples of kind of how we go through that process, as well as some other things we talked about on the podcast, like how do we vet instructors and, you know, that, things of that nature that we'll talk about. Uh, a little bit and just go through and have some practical examples as well as kind of give an actor actor action review of the class and talk a little bit about uh, maybe some takeaways Nick and I have things we want to work on and uh, how that will kind of influence our uh, our training plan a little bit so I guess Nick we'll start with this um obviously I've trained with with Ben um before taking this class before and I train with him all the time and through practical training group but um so what, what made you select Ben as the guy that you wanted to bring in and host for a class? I think this should seem obvious, but may not be obvious to some folks out there. Like what, what are the, how did you vet Ben as an instructor? What are the things you saw in him that made you go, yeah, I want to go through the time and effort of, of bringing this guy in and, and hosting him for a class at, at my home range in, uh, in North Carolina? Yeah, so um, about a year ago, um, Joel and I started talking and Joel actually messaged me and was like, Hey, um, I, I know you didn't ask for this advice, but like, this is what I see. <laughs> this is what is fucked up. Um, and I think, I think some people 
might be, uh, you know, a little offended by that. But for me personally, as, as someone who like, like, I don't, I don't, I don't care if you tell me my stuff's messed up. I want to know why. So I can go fix it. Um, that's just kind of my personality. So when he hit me up with that, I was like, let's freaking go, man. Um, because I, I think at the, the, the level that I'm at, I, I can't just take any other, like, I can't just go to any class and make massive gains and, and I'm trying to make massive gains. Right. And so I needed someone to be able to see, you know, where, where I can, where I could make gains. So, um, and, and I think it's important too to like mention, I really appreciated the straightforward instruction that he gave, right? There's no, no sugar coating it. It was just like straightforward, like, Hey, this is what I see. And this is like how you fix it. So, um, you know, I've, I've followed him and Ben for quite a while, like on social media. And I know Ben. Yeah, presu- presumably, presumably that instruction actually had value, right? It was like real stuff. Oh, it wasn't like, hey, oh. man, you need to slow down and get your hits or, or some crap like that, right? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like, no, like, yeah. dude, he, he took a video of mine and put it on Coach's Eye. And he yeah. was like, we're going we're gonna to label this video the beat up on Nick video. And I was Perfect. like, please do, man. Please do. Yeah. Um, I, cool. And I look forward to it. So, and, you know, a lot of the stuff that he said, I mean, everything that he said was 100% spot on, um, but it gave me a lot of stuff to go work on, um, and I felt like it made me a lot better. <clears throat> so um, I follow Ben. I followed Ben on social media for a long time. I know who he is and stuff, and I knew that his instruction was, like, pretty straightforward too. So I was like, you know what? I need to get these guys in here. I want more of this because um, I feel like they could really help out. So, yeah, that's that's why – I chose them. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll, I'll add a few things, right? So as far as why I, I, how I vetted and how I chose to train with Ben for the first time and, and so on and so forth. So for, and the reason why I decided to come back, right? So first of all, like a thing, as we talked about on here, I think it's super valuable to me when I'm looking for an instructor to help me get better at shooting is that um, that guy's pretty good at shooting, right? Um, <laughs> and as far as like, demonstrable performance goes like, Hey, being a, a world champion is like a really good place to start with that. Um, so mm-hmm. if you don't know, like, uh, Ben's, uh, Ben's a pretty squared away shooter. Right. Um, and so I'm like, Hey, that, that's a guy that I'm, I'm pretty dang sure that I can learn from second of all. Um, and, and this is just a, a you know, a huge, this, this is just the way it is nowadays. There are certain instructors that are out there right now in, in the training community where I'm like, they might be really good. Um, but I just like, I don't have enough information to really know. Um, they, they never post any videos that actually show like hits and like times and like any kind of performance standards. Um, they post like two sentence snippets of them from a class with zero context. And I have no clue what they're talking about. Right. So, I mean, I don't have any reason to think they're not good, but I just don't know. And to be honest with you, I'm probably not these days going to spend my money going to a class from that guy because there's guys like Ben out there that are just like dropping their entire class on YouTube for the world to go watch. And I can watch that and go, dang, this guy like knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he's putting out some really good information mm-hmm. and he's a really good shooter. And I know for sure he can help me with, with my shooting. Right. And so, you know, there, there's, there's a ton of information 
that that Ben and, and PSG guys are putting out there that is, is just is super super helpful for folks. Um, additionally, I think Ben and 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 Juancic are probably two of the most original thinkers in the um, in the shooting sports over the last decades, uh, over the recent decades. A lot of a lot of the principles and just the ways of articulating things they've come up with, like. I mean, you, you, you go train with the, uh, uh, you know, a, a very large percentage of the top instructors and top shooters that are out there teaching right now. And they're going to be re referencing Ben like all the time. Like, hey, here's something I learned from Ben, right? At least that's been my experience, right? And to me, that's another great indicator. When I take a class, that's a good class from a guy that can actually shoot and a guy that actually knows what he's talking about. And he's like, hey, I want to munch this stuff from this guy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to probably go look up that guy now, right? Um and so that was just a couple of big things for me um, that that definitely made me want to want to train with those guys for sure. So, uh, cool. Um, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the class. How did it go? Let's do a kind of a, a quick AR for folks. Uh, Nick, what you think, man? How did talk about the class? How'd it go? I thought it was great. I, I think that they broke stuff down. Um, really, really well. They hit the high points and it, they didn't give you like a 30 to 40 minute explanation, right? They give you a, a 10 minute explanation, demoed it really, really well and uh, basically told you what we were, what we were going to have to be looking for on the upcoming drill and then gave us ample time to go explore it while they walked around and helped everybody. Um, one thing that I like too is they basically gave everyone like individual attention, which is as an instructor, like I know that is very, very hard. And there were 26 dudes in that class and I legit watched them talk to everyone. Um, wow. I thought that that was really, really cool. Um, yeah. The, the, the amount of time that they gave us to explore stuff I loved. Um, that it's, that's really important for me personally. Like, like I can't just listen to someone and then go shoot for two minutes and be expected to like take it home like and know it. You know what I mean? Um, so I have to explore it and really get the idea and then go write it down. That way I have, you know, some homework to take home. But uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that aspect of it. For sure. For sure. I thought that was freaking yeah. awesome. I thought the way they managed the class was was honestly masterful. Like like when I showed up and heard there was only twenty like six or twenty seven dudes there, like I was a little bit pissed off. Like to, to be honest, like in the beginning, I was like, this is this is just not going to be a good time, right? Because I've been in those classes before, <laughs> right? But man, they did a they did a phenomenal job um, running the guys on the line. I felt exactly mm -hmm. like you said. I got I got lots of individual not only was i not you know ignored as one of the better shooters in the class like is typically the case but like i almost felt like i was getting more attention uh, sometimes um but mm -hmm. uh but yeah they, they definitely got to every single person for every single drill like you said they made everything really simple um to the point good explanations demoed not only how to do it right at a high level but demoed like what doing it wrong looks like which honestly is like a lot of times even more difficult, right? Very um, difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually something as an instructor, like you have to practice sometimes as well. But uh, yeah, it's a, a weird skill you wouldn't think would be needed, but it's super helpful for folks, right? Because when they see that, they're like, oh yeah, 
yeah, I've seen that before. <laughs> I, I, I can I can see myself doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you you know get that feedback on a line, you can reference that demo, and it just it just it just makes helps people make sense. I think the class um, was <clears throat> this was the what, what do you call this class? This is the uh, just. Uh, not, not not skills and drills. This is the fundamentals. 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 Yep. So I mean, it really is. Um, you know, the, the the biggest I guess concept of the whole class is essentially pulling the trigger. Like it really is that. It's not um, like super technical, detailed, like advanced concepts on like movement, stage planning, that kind of stuff. It's like, hey, how do how do we shoot a lot of points <laughs> essentially? You know, at speed. Um, you know, again, we did a little bit of group shooting at the very beginning of day one, and then everything else is at speed as it should be. Um, but that's that's really, I think, what folks walked away with probably from that class is like a lot of good ways to shoot more points than they would have before um, on a stage. A little bit of movement, a little bit of transitions, all that kind of good stuff. But it's it's a, it's a lot of just how do I pull the trigger without moving the gun off the target? You know, yeah. <laughs> while I do that, and I felt like that was covered. Um, super well so definitely a class i would recommend to to folks at any level as well um i think something that that they do really well is like you said not only getting individual attention but you know directing that that feedback um and the instruction to folks based upon their level um and just i think they do a really good job of identifying like okay there's probably a bunch of stuff this dude's doing wrong right now, but that's like the one big thing <laughs> that he can work on. Yep. And let's focus on that. Right. Um, and they do a really, really good job at, at seeing that, you know, across the levels they're, they're, they're used to obviously used to teaching people from uh, you know, we had a lot of, you know, cops, military and law enforcement guys there that have probably never shot a match before, you know, in this class up to folks that are, you know, national level, GMs and things like that in, in their courses and they're used to, to kind of teaching folks across the, that spectrum. So yeah, they did a really, really good job. I was, mm-hmm. I was impressed. So I have a question for you guys real quick. Um, yeah. So you guys mentioned that, so a lot, a lot of people in the class, um, two instructors, but there was still one-on-one time, which is great. But I assume along with that one on t- one time, kind of a byproduct of that would have been, uh, like lots of time to uh, explore the different techniques and stuff they're talking about. Um, I feel like a lot of instructors try to kind of pack their classes uh, with like, hey, we're going to do uh, X many bullet points and I'm going to get through all this stuff. Um, and then you guys take it home and work on it. I don't really need you to perfect anything here. Um, do you feel like that was this was different from that? And what would you guys say would maybe be the pros and cons to one way or the other? I feel like we had a, we had enough time or not. I shouldn't say enough. I, I feel like we had a decent amount of time to actually figure some of that stuff out and get better at it. Um, okay. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. The way they ran it was really really good. Like when when we started doing like movement stuff, right? Like in my like we had two bays for the class. In my bay, they had like three different uh, little stages set up. Right. So it was, it was pretty damn continuous. Like you weren't just, if you were standing around, like you were stuffing mags. And by the time you got done stuffing mags, it was time to move on to the next um, little stage there. Um, And then while you're doing that, like they're legit talking to everyone. Like those guys had to be smoked at the end of the weekend. 
hundred percent smoked. A lot, a lot of guys are definitely not used to that for sure. On top of the fact that it was like, you know, 95 degrees with no shade on that range, but uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, it definitely wasn't one of those glasses, Brennan, where you're like, okay, we're going to sit here and we're going to practice reloads for two hours. Like it was, it's mm -hmm. not that right. Right. Um, I think, it, I think it's, 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 it's pretty typical the way we ran drills and stuff of, of the way that, you know, good classes are done these days. It's like, okay, here's the, here's the concept that we're going to talk about. Here's the drill that we're going to, you know, use to work on this thing. Um, that, you know, if, if we have to, we'll break it up into multiple relays, you know, of shooters and mm -hmm. each relay is basically to come up and do as many reps as they can do on this before they run out of ammo. And then like, they're going to go reload. And then if we need to, maybe we'll do a second rep of that one drill and then we'll move on to something mm -hmm. else. Right. So, um, you know, you, you ended up doing, you know, I would say five to 10 reps of, mm -hmm. uh, of each drill or so. Um, okay. and then kind of moving on to the next thing, which, which I think is, is ideal. That's um, cool. I think, I think yeah. that's, I think that's plenty, five to 10 reps is plenty of time to explore the concept, make sure you understand how to do it. Um, yep. see if there's any obvious deficiencies that need to be audited or fixed, um, and help you kind of remember those things. Um, and any more than that is just essentially, you know, trying to rep that stuff out and practice it, which is, is better off you know, doing on your own in training. So. Yeah, cool. I think it was, it was I like done it. really well. Yep. I like it. Yep. I really stuff. um I really enjoyed how they how they built everything on top of each other. I thought it was mm -hmm. really, really well put together. Um how they started off with marksmanship. Like how like how do you get the gun to shoot straight? Or how do you shoot straight, right? Um I thought that was freaking awesome. Like start out with marksmanship and then pick up the speed. Um that was really, really cool. And it was, it's it, like, that's similar to what I do too. Um, and so maybe I'm kind of biased, but I think it's a really good way to like get people, like get everyone on board at the same exact time, despite what level they currently are. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Right. It's, yeah. and, and I think like, it's, it's, it's so funny. It's like what I definitely all the time, like my, like, level one core classes that are designed for like some people that have ne never shot a gun before type stuff. You know, it's like we start off with marksmanship and then we work on, you know, grip some more and then we work on accuracy at speed and then we work on target transitions and movement and so on. And it's like that, those that's the exact same progression we do like in every single class that I teach, like no matter what it is, right? Like yep. you have to do it that way. Um, you can do it at different levels. You can dive into different, you know, kind of concepts and your techniques and so forth, but it's, you got to wait. It's, it's the same stuff. You never graduate past that stuff. Um, that's, it, it is what it is, you know, when it comes to, uh, comes to shooting. So yeah, no, that, that, that format is the way I think for sure. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit, um, about kind of, uh, now what, right? Kind of what we, what we based that last week's episode on. So let's talk a little bit about anything that maybe we identified, how we want this to inform our, our, our training plans um, moving forward, kind of what maybe takeaways we have, anything you want to share on, on those in that regard. Do you want to go first, Nick? How many go? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest takeaways for me was the transition stuff. Um, on Monday, like uh, ben, ben and uh, Joel and I shot together, and dude, by the end of Monday, I felt like my transitions were like straight up fire. Um, I, I feel like before that they were decent, but like now they're like straight up fire. Um, and 
So what, what I was specifically working on is not, not over-muscling the gun to the target, which is what I was doing before, right? I was muscling the gun to the target, um, and now I'm just basically transitioning with my eyes. And that might sound like, yeah, of course, you would get your eyes there first. But, like, that's not exactly what I mean. I mean, just allow your eyes to get the gun there, right? Yeah. Obviously, the, obviously, the eyes go first and then the gun but allow the eyes to move the gun and don't put any more effort into it, right? Because when you do it like that, you could shoot immediately. Like the timing of it is immediate. Um, mm -hmm. And also too, like some of the stuff that we were talking about is like a good transition, like you're pulling the gun and your eyes off the target at the exact same time, right? But your eyes are going to get there before the gun, right? So like, Think about transitions in terms of like faster eyes, like get your eyes there sooner and pick a very, very specific spot. Um, that dude, that helped so much. And then um, how to dry fire that. So like before I would dry fire it, right? I've looked to a very specific spot, drive the gun to it, uh, probably over muscle it like I was doing before uh, and press the trigger. And they're like, don't, don't press the trigger. Don't allow that trigger to give yourself any sort of movement, right? So, like, make it 100% a visual cue, which I think that was the piece that I was missing in my dry fire. So, that's um, that's pretty huge to me. I actually dry fired that for, like, 45 minutes earlier today. Uh, probably shouldn't have done it that long because my hands were torched. But um, I really yeah, want after, after three days of shooting, right? Oh, dude, yeah. Bro, that is, but no, that's, that's, that concept is so huge, bro. Um, mm -hmm. when, yep. when it comes to transitions, when you, when you really get a grasp on that and, and the idea that you, you transition the gun with your eyes, not with your hands. Um, it's, uh, it sounds it, counterintuitive too. It's like, yeah. what do you mean? Um, what do you mean with your eyes? And it's like the eye, the, like the eyes are going to tell your hands what to do. Don't do any more than that. Right, don't freaking drive the gun like a lot of people say. Mm -hmm. Don't drive it, man. Just put it there with your eyes. Don't put oh, any oh. other effort into it. Over muscling is a huge problem. Like uh, for almost every aspect of shooting, I'm discovering. <laughs> like, well, yeah, and, and like as soon as speed is picked up, man, like like everyone experiences this, right? This isn't this. I don't think this is. Um, like just one, one or two people. I think everyone yep. experiences it at speed. And so I think it's also really important to practice that at speed, right? So like today, what I did in dry fire is I practiced like perfect ones, like getting my vision to a very specific spot, not over muscling. And then I started to slowly pick up the speed um, in the visual cues. And that visual cue is just seeing a flash of red on each target. Right. Mm -hmm. But still, but still seeing it on a very specific spot. See a flash of red, look to the next target, flash of red, look to the next target. Um, and dude, they, they, got, they, I'm telling you, it feels slow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, I watched yeah. it on video and I was like, sweet baby Jesus, man, that is so fast. Yeah. So fast. Rick, straight yeah. up Ricky Bobby, man. I love it. Yeah, it also it looks it looks especially slow in dry fire, and then when you do it with ammo, like if you do the exact same thing with ammo, it looks way faster, right? Yeah, because when you when you transition the gun correctly, it just looks like there's there's so little effort, there's not massive hand speed, 
Um, but it really is efficiency. Like Brennan said, it's, it's like everything else in shooting. As we first start trying to do things faster, the, the, the natural impetus is, okay, well, I have to just move my hands harder and faster. That's, that's the way that we're going to really speed up this whole process, right? Um, and that's almost never the, the answer. Um, and so, yeah, really, 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 really huge. And I think what you mentioned as well is like for a lot of, a lot of people that are, are practicing transitions and they're letting their trigger pull get in the way of them learning how to transition the gun as well. Yes. Um, so you can start, like you said, I think it's huge to, to practice transitions without messing with the trigger at all. The other thing that I do is I isolate both ends of it. So I think it's the, the essentially right. The, the, the two really important skills to master in a transition are a using the stimulus of the trigger break to instantly rip your eyes off the, and the target followed by the gun. Right. And then B for an attack. (laughs) Well, regardless, as soon as the trigger breaks, eyes and gun are coming off. Right. Um, and then B on the next target, right? Finding a really small, precise spot on the target, and then getting the gun to land exactly there. So I do I, I do drills to isolate both of those. So it, it, either in dry fire or live fire, like I'll start with I'll actually you know wait for the timer or whatever, smash the trigger almost like a trigger control at speed drill on the first target, and then rip my eyes and gun off and let the gun just land on the next target without pulling the trigger. And I'm just focusing on, did I leave, you know, appropriately and did the gun land exactly on the right spot, you know, on the target. Um, and then I'll, I'll do it the other way as well, especially in live fire, which is where I won't pull the trigger on the timer. I'll just come off and pull the trigger as soon as I get onto the target and actually test like, am I landing the right spot? But isolating, isolating both ends of those and working on it with and without the trigger pull, I think is, is, uh, is really really huge mm-hmm. cool i had uh, a, a kind of a unique takeaway right so um i guess what i found out was i still have some tension tension issues to work out um so i guess um i guess it's it's fair to say that speed is is kind of my thing right and so the way that, you know, obviously for a lot of folks, when you start trying to really push speed, um, what naturally happens is, right, we lose tension. <laughs> you talked about this earlier, Nick, um, and things and things fall apart. I think that in some cases, my solution to that, because my 100% tends to be faster than everyone else, is like, okay, well, I'll just back off 10%. You know what I mean? Like I'll just, I'll just, I'll just kind of, I'll just slow it down a little bit as, as much as I don't like to say that, right. But I won't, I won't push it as hard. Um, and I'll still be going super fast anyway. And we'll be, we'll be fine. Um, it was, you know, Ben is one of those guys. One of the things that I, I really dig about the way he teaches those courses is like, he, he said this at the beginning of the day, uh, I think on, on Monday, He's like, he's like, your feedback will, will come in one of two forms for every drill that you shoot. It's either going to be, why are you missing this target or speed up? Like those are the only two pieces of feedback you're going to get. Right. Um, and so I, I was, I was, you know, essentially shooting a lot of the drills in like match mode, to be honest, like at first. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I was getting a lot of that speed up feedback. Um, 
And in some cases I'm like, dude, I'm like, I don't think I can do this any faster. And he's like, well, you're going to try. And I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> here we go, boys. Let's do this. Um, and sure enough, right. Um, you know, did it super freaking fast the previous run. And now we're, we're putting that pressure on to try to force it to be faster. And that old tension monster comes back up. Right. Um, so that, you know, I think the takeaway there and what, what, what Ben's advice was is like, man, you've got to get to the point where no matter how much pressure you are under and no matter how fast you are trying to do something, that tension never, ever appears. <laughs> right. Um, and so I think that is going to be an adjustment for me in, in the way that I'm doing some training and that's going to be, um, actually going back to speed mode a little bit, but not, not realistically in the, with the goal of like, okay, I really need to get below a 140 build drill, but it's like, man, I, I just need to put that, try to find, figure out ways to put pressure on myself to do things at an uncomfortable pace, um, and still have the proper pressures, um, in my grip and the, you know, the proper relaxation and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, although I, in practice, uh, you know, I don't see that issue very often. Uh, it, it pops up in a match on occasion, right? When that, when that pressure is there. So um, I guess that was, that was a big, a big takeaway for me as well um, that I'll be working on for sure. Do you mind me asking uh, Billy, what, like where you were starting to see tension um, when you started pushing the speed really hard? Oh, the firing hand. Firing hand? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really the only place I ever see it, honestly. I don't I don't really yeah. I don't see anywhere else. But if I really if I'm like, man, I'm gonna really hammer hammer down on this this drill, you know, yeah, the firing the firing hand tension can creep back up for sure. For me. Yep. So I had a question for you guys that I think might might be valuable for everybody's listening. Um okay. so uh I think I think sometimes the the higher uh, level of skill that you achieve um, in any particular discipline, the obviously the more difficult it is to find people who can teach you things, right? Mm. Um, I, I assume you guys have, have read uh, some, if not all of Ben's books, uh, obviously watched maybe some of his classes on PTSG, uh, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. Um, like, like you were saying, Billy, earlier, most of, if not all of Ben's content is like already out there on the internet. Um, so a lot of times I think people look at a class maybe and say, uh, man, like I already know all that information. And so it's not a worthwhile class to take. Right. And so I think it might be interesting for people to hear uh, from two very high level shooters when you go to a class like that and you go, yeah, I actually, I, I think I know all of the things he's going to talk about in class, right? What you're actually looking to, uh, to like learn and like how you approach learning. Cause it's one thing if you go into a class and you're like, Hey, you know what? I don't know very much. And this person knows a lot. And so everything that comes out of their mouth is like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's incredible. I never knew that. And you're writing it down. Right. Versus, uh, maybe a couple of guys who have maybe heard all that stuff before, um, and maybe it's, I don't know, maybe you're looking for, uh, you know, Ben or Joel or somebody to, uh, look at you, look at your reps specifically and give you feedback. And, and I, I call that coaching versus teaching. Um, I don't know. 
maybe share with maybe share with everybody kind of what you guys were look, actually going into it looking for maybe already having a really good understanding of what Ben and crew are about and what they teach. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So yep. I mean, for me, um, uh, quick, quick caveat, right? So even, even for guys like Ben that really do just post an absolutely massive amount of content, right? Mm -hmm. you know, understand that when you see a 45 minute video from a two day class posted on YouTube, like that's yeah. a lot of the content, but it, it, like, it's not all there. And, and very specifically the way that they structure the drills and the way mm -hmm. that they run the actual training that follows the blocks of instruction is, is not a lot of times there. And a lot of times that's the most important part. Right. Um, so I'll throw that in there as a caveat. Number two, like any good instru worthwhile instructor, like their stuff is always changing and, uh, and updating, but you know, for me, right. I mean, I took this exact class, um, I guess less than two years ago now. And like, I, I get, you know, individual coaching from Ben, like every week for the last year. Right. So completely fair question. Like, why were you in this class? I think you kind of hinted at it, right. Which is that what you look for in a class changes dramatically over time. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, like I don't really go into classes anymore expecting to learn a lot of new things. Like that's just, I think for the most part, that's, that's, that's over. I would be overjoyed if I found myself to be wrong at some point, but I think for the most part, I'm, I'm done with that part. You know, the, the, the last time I trained with JJ, like I came, I did, I did come away with one new concept out of three days. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like, really really cool and i was really excited about that but like that wasn't primarily what i was there for um when i go into a class like this you know it, it is an opportunity a to let a world champion shooter like actually watch me doing the thing in person like video is great and there's certain things you can see in video that you can't see um in person honestly right but there's a lot of things that you know especially especially when <laughs> you know, you're shooting the videos yourself and you're picking and choosing which ones to submit. <laughs> what I would say, right? Uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's a huge value to um, not only seeing it in person, but letting, letting that coach actually tell you how to shoot the drill. Right. Um, and, and push you to do certain things, certain ways and see what happens and get direct feedback. Um and so yeah. to me that, that, I mean, that's an invaluable experience. Um, when, whenever you get an opportunity like that, um, it, it, it really, really is. So that's, that's what I guess I was there for. Right. Uh, Nick, what about yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, same exact thing. So I, I didn't go into that thinking that I was going to hear anything new. Um, I went into it for the individual feedback. Um, and I think, I think that like, Far too often people think that they're doing something when they're actually not doing something. Um, and so like, like the transition thing for me, that was a, that was a great example of that. I had no clue that I was doing that. <laughs> like I had no clue that I was putting tension in my shoulders, um, you know, on, on my transitions and, and kind of over muscling it. So yeah, the, the individual feedback is, is what I went for for sure. And I knew that they would be good at that because of how direct um, kind of both of them have been at least 
uh, when I had talked to them before the class. So cool. Meant, meant, really meant cool. To, yeah, I meant to, uh, since you brought it up again, Nick, I meant to talk about this earlier, right? But so like one of the things I really dig is the feedback styles in the, in the class right now, this I think is a turnoff for a lot of people <laughs> to be totally honest, right? A lot of people have, you know, Ben has a certain reputation um, of, of being, you know, kind of a jerk to a lot of people. Right. Um, and I do not put it that way at all. Like if someone, if someone like Ben is, is, is willing to uh, look at what I am doing and try to give me feedback and point out where I'm screwed up and try to help me get better. Um, I, I don't really care if he's like stroking my ego at the same time. As a matter of fact, I really would prefer that he did not. Right. Um, and so when, <laughs> when, you know, Ben will absolutely come up to you and be like, man, that was, that was awful. <laughs> you know, or that was really <laughs> stupid, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know? Um, and so if you're not looking for that, <laughs> then, uh, you know, that's probably not the class for you, but if you want to get better, um, you know, that's a lot of times what you need for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't, I mean, I don't find that to be rude. You no. know what I mean? Because no. it, like, it, it, like he, even if he says like, man, that was really freaking dumb what you just did. Like <laughs> following that is going to be a really detailed and good explanation and, and what you needed to hear at that point, to, like unfuck what, whatever it is that you're doing. Right. So I don't know. I, I really appreciated it. I, I think it was cool. Um, 100%. I, I've, he I've heard of people getting offended by him and to be honest, by the end of the three days, I'm kind of, at a loss at why people would get offended by him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought he was a super nice guy, honestly. So. I think we've all experienced too, like a, like a time maybe teaching our own classes where uh, somebody does something and maybe you've explained it to them really in detail and maybe worked on something and you see them do it and you walk up and you're like, you don't know what to say other than like, yeah, no, that was really bad. <laughs> right. And you just kind of yeah. look at them and they're like, yeah, I know. And you're like, okay. <laughs> You know how to fix it? They're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's try it again, right? And like, it's like, it's not mean. It's just like, hey, man, that was not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, we've said it before. We talk about taking classes. You know, I think um, you should like, you should not be uh, approaching a taking a class hoping that the instructor just says good job a lot. Or like is really impressed by your shooting, like that's a terrible outcome for taking yeah. a class. Like that is that's not what you want to happen. Like, and I've taken a lot of those classes. Like where after every rep, you know, either the instructor just ignores you or he's like, "Oh, that was really good, man. Like, good, good job." And I'm like, "Screw you, man. Dude. Like, that's not what I'm here for." You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. And so at, I've that's, taken one of those. Yeah, that's that's the cool thing about training with a guy who is you know, at the very, very top of the game because he is not going to get, let anybody at any level get away with thinking that they are doing good enough at, at yeah. something because there's, there's no such thing. Um, and so, yeah, really, really cool. Um, and I, I appreciate that feedback style a lot as well. And mm -hmm. so, yes, yes. Good, good question, Brennan. Cool. Well, um, what else, guys? Anything else to say about the class or um, anything else to talk about on, on that subject? I know there's a lot we could probably go into, but 
Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, I took four pages of notes in the yeah, class. Yeah, nice. Um, I've, <laughs> I've got a lot, <laughs> a lot of stuff to go explore. You know, the last episode was was on. You know, hey, what what do you do after you took a class? For me, like that's that's the mode that I'm in now. I have four pages of notes of stuff that I want to go explore, and uh, you know, probably write some more stuff down after that, and then probably hit both of those guys up. With some more questions. Yeah. So. Yeah. I dig it. Sounds like a uh, successful weekend for sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Really exactly, cool. exactly where you want to be. Yes. Makes me makes me need to get into one of those classes. I might have to try to get into one of his classes this year. I mean, you, you sir, have no excuse um, since you're like right there. Yeah, I know. I'm in his backyard. Pretty much. Oh man, I'd be knocking on his door like four hours, but you know, still back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you like have a range and stuff. So we do. I do have a range. You know, it's mine. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, unless you guys have anything else on that, maybe we'll take we'll grab a couple of questions that have come in. Scraps questions before we wrap it up. Uh, all right, a couple interesting things. <laughs> uh, which which division to shoot, CO or open? Question mark. Carry on. Uh, Next question. In, in, interesting, <laughs> interesting question to ask a panel of exclusively carry optic shooters, but uh, we can talk about it anyway. What do you guys think? Is this is this a I new mean, shooter? Like new to USPSA? I don't know. If they're asking the question, I feel like maybe so. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I, I mean, know. you know, I feel like, you know, I feel like if you were really, if you got really good at open, carry optics would be even easier. Really? I don't know. Yeah. It's a little bit faster game. Carry optics is faster than open? No, no, no. Open. No. Open is faster right. than carry optics. Yeah, so like if you start... I, I would kind of say the other way around. First. Yeah. I, f- I feel like, I feel like uh, the difference between carry optics and open is kind of like the difference between shooting a pistol and shooting a rifle, right? Like the, the all of the things are, are... I guess all the things between carry optics and op- open are essentially the same. The idea would simply be that like the things you can do in carry optics, you can do at further distances in open. Like... I, I, if you're doing carry optics well, like a lot of people would think, hey, open is faster. It shouldn't really be faster, as in like I'm not transitioning the gun faster. Um, my splits are not going to be like I can't do. I can't do fat me personally. I'm not going to be able to do faster splits like at seven yards on an open gun than I can on a carry optics gun. Like my splits are going to be the same, um, but I can take those seven yard splits with my open gun. And I can probably push that out to like. 15 years, right? Or like further. Yeah. I can do the, I can do the same things farther away. Um, which is which is pretty cool. Um I, I think the the advice I give to people on on if the, if you really want to get serious about a division in USPSA, a couple thoughts that I give folks. A for me, um, what's super important coming from a defensive minded shooter, like I love the fact that I compete and train with this, you know, the same gun that I carry every day. That's mm-hmm. massively important to me. I have, you know, no interest in really 
you know, adopting an entire other platform that I only ever use for competition and don't use for anything else. Um, that doesn't, that's not super attractive to me personally. Um, additionally, um, if you can't like go buy two open guns and, and build them out the same and have, you know, all the ammo and stuff easily, like it's probably not the division for you. Like, um, like I seriously, me, me personally, if I was going to take USPSA seriously, like I would never just go buy an open gun to shoot open. Um, like you, you need two guns. <laughs> you, you really do. You need a match gun, you need a practice gun. Um, if you really want to like take majors seriously and stuff. So, I mean, like um, to be realistic with like, with open, like if you're just going to jump into it and then like get all the stuff and like do it, like you're looking at an incredible amount of money as an initial investment. Like, <laughs> like you probably need a reloading press. You probably need to start buying all your own components and loading your own ammo. Like, yeah, exactly like you said, you need a gun, you need a backup gun, and you probably need enough parts to fix both of those regularly. Like, yeah. <laughs> your yeah. mags are one hundred and fifty dollars each. If 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 you're if you're gonna if you're gonna take it seriously, right? You're gonna you're gonna get two guns. You're gonna do all the things. I, I think you maybe could do it for ten grand. But maybe I mean, you could also like very easily spend 20 grand, like getting started on that. So, um, yeah, <laughs> if, if that's like if, if fine with you, then, then cool, go go do that. But yeah, I, sir, will not be shooting open anytime soon. <laughs> so, like, I think open would be super fun. I don't have any, like, I don't have any reservations about like shooting in 2011 or something like that and, and doing a bunch of work on a different platform because. I don't know. In my experience, I don't know. A lot of that stuff carries over platform to platform. It just takes a little bit of getting used to to switch. But like, I straight up do not have anywhere close to the amount of money that I would need to shoot to shoot open. Like nowhere close. And I'm way too lazy to reload. Also, like I would that would never happen. I would always be out of ammo. Uh, like I I've just always bought ammo. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I I reload and. I also really like being able to supplement with factory ammo and not having to reload all the time yeah. <laughs> right? for, for, for certain situations. And, and things, yeah. So, and it's cool yeah. to beat open guys sometimes with plastic guns. That is very cool. Yeah. So cool to, to beat rifle shooters and you know, all the things beating people in general is just, is just awesome. It's a lot of it fun. Is. Yeah. I don't know. I bought an open gun and I messed with it for like, two days and i was like <laughs> i can't do this right now like i gotta like teach class. i can't i can't teach a class for this stupid thing so it's uh <laughs> it, it's collective dust you, um, you need a you need an appendix holster for your <laughs> parrot. yeah if anyone wants a parrot um slide in my dms that would that would be you need to like you've got to you've got to do that once just like show up to a class and it's like just completely nonchalantly, like you're talking about the appendix draw and just like rip that thing out and just like see what happens. Dude. That would be that That'd would be, be a rad. viral moment on the gram, if nothing else, for sure. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. That gun feels so fast. Um, but it's like it's a lot more violent shooting gun too. Like it's louder, it hits your hand harder. Um, but like the dot the dot recoil, it looks like it looks like a rifle. Right. Like, you know, when you get behind a rifle, 
uh, like you should be, and you shoot a shot, and the, and the dot just kind of jiggles. Like that's what it opens. Yep. Um, it feels like you can just completely blaze with that thing. Mm-hmm. We uh, are testing people, TNE guys, uh, do a lot of like recoil testing and stuff for various optics, as you might imagine. Um, and they're currently testing something uh, that they had to do. I think they're doing 10,000 rounds through it in like two weeks or something like that. And so any given day they're down there in the test range, just blasting away. And so some, uh, one of the guys is like, Hey, you want to shoot like an Atlas open gun? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I went in, like, I just, I'd never shot them before. And so it's just nine major. And I think over like two days, uh, about a week apart, I put like 500 rounds through the gun and, um, dude, those things are crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, well, first of all, they're just freaking heavy. Yeah. shit like like they're just they're like like i was like oh my hand's kind of getting tired of, of holding this up and and dumping like a hundred rounds at a time out of it like it's really heavy and then but like yeah what you're saying like the dot is just like i have never seen such a clear straight up and down uh dot movement like this like i had never seen that in a gun shooting it that fast because like the gun just doesn't move very much it's pretty cool it's it's definitely tempting, but then I'm like, oh yeah, like I don't have five thousand dollars for that gun, so you know, here, take it back. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I should not have done this. <laughs> yeah. That's, I was like, that was really neat. Okay. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's fine. Yeah. All right, one more real quick. Uh, any advice on how to determine which recoil spring we talked about this a little bit before? Which recoil spring weight is the right one? Drills to determine that, etc. I want you guys to take this one. What you guys got on choosing a uh, recoil spring? I'm not sure if there's a drill to determine that. So, like, what yeah, I, I look for in a recoil spring is number one, I need it to be reliable, right? I don't care mm-hmm. how it feels if it's not freaking reliable. If the thing won't go in the battery, I like I throw it away. Like it's it's it, it is not an option, right? The gun has to be reliable. Um. The next thing I look for is like, how, how low can I go? Right. How low can I go with it still going in the battery on a full magazine? Right. And, and the gun being dirty. Um, once I figured that out, I typically go like up one, <laughs> go a little bit heavier. Like my PDP is a prime example. Will it run on a 13 pound spring? Yeah. But like, as soon as it gets a little dirty, it's probably not going to like it too much. So I put a 15-pound recoil spring in it. It's 100% reliable, and uh, and the recoil impulse is a little bit easier than the 18-pound spring that comes in the gun. Yeah. Um, for me, yeah, so great, I'm great explanation. Oh, go ahead. For sure. No, good. Oh, yeah. So I was I was gonna say. So for me, what I what I look for, and I it definitely varies gun to gun. I think um, a couple different guns that I've uh, tried to tune with a recoil spring. Number one thing for me, like uh, kind of lowering that, that spring weight gives it a softer return. In my opinion, if you go too light though, I also think it makes it almost more violent on, uh, as the slide moves back. Uh, so I'm trying to balance both of those things because if that spring is really easy to compress as that slide comes back, it just is slamming against the back. Right. Um, so I don't like that. Um, so I definitely don't want and for that. To feel... should, and for that specifically, you should test it like with your carry ammo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
You yep. know what I mean? Like, especially sure if it, especially with, with especially the if heaviest stuff you shoot as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm willing to go a little bit lighter with a spring uh, in my competition gun than I am in my uh, in my carry gun. I I carry the it's the same model, right? But I put in a full uh, or a stock striker uh, recoil spring in my carry gun. But what I'm yeah, so so what I'm looking for is is not too violent of a of a backward motion, uh, but still a softer motion forward. And then what I generally do is uh, I will um, load it right and pull the uh, point the muzzle up towards the sky pull the slide back a little bit and just kind of let it go right and if it won't go back into battery uh with gravity working against it like that to me that slide is too heavy for the spring so um you can get away with it flat right you pull it back and it kind of goes back into battery but if it won't go when it's when gravity is working against it to me that's a little bit too light so i'm running a 15 pound in my uh in my competition gun and like a tungsten guide rod. And it has uh, been pretty reliable for me. I've had maybe one instance uh, after I did a reload where it came out of battery. Um, so I might go up another pound, um, but for competition, it hasn't really uh, made a huge difference for me. But in my in my carry guns, I leave the springs uh, stock in my MVPs. Yeah, too light can be really, really bad, man. Um, yeah, it's and, fun, but it's, it's not, the, the, the out of good. battery thing. And like people might think, well, the gun isn't just like going to go out of battery on its own, but like it will dude. like, like I remember I had a 13 pound recoil spring in my Q5, right. Shooting mm -hmm. a match. And I like went to go snatch the gun, like around a barrel. And as I snatched the gun around the barrel, the slide actually moved back to the rear and then was out of battery. And I had to essentially clear a freaking malfunction on the other side of that thing which wouldn't happen I, if i had a little bit heavier spring i put a 13 pound yeah, spring in my mp and i was getting that on reloads like i'd bring the gun back and I'd, I'd reload the gun and come back out and the slide was like out of battery that much and i was like well i'm getting rid of that <laughs> yeah and i think that's where some some guns are a little bit different too depending on how the barrel lockup works you know there's there are mm -hmm. um certain guns that like man you you can't get that thing to be stuck out of battery right like my oz9 is kind of like that like like i don't X5. care what you like it will not stick out of battery like the barrel nope. that's just because the way the lockup works and then there's guns like like my old mp i don't know about yours brennan but like my old mp even with a factory with a factory recoil spring in it like if i just pulled it back and then like slowly let it forward like it would get stuck out of battery every single time right so it just it just kind of depends on the gun i think too and you got you got to be aware of how your how your gun works on that and just and just test it a lot you know if you're if you're going to make changes and, and that could affect reliability you know you have to be able to say like hey i'm gonna i understand this is going to take you know a couple thousand round testing regimen before i'm super super confident in this thing for like a carry or like a nature match or something um yeah. and if you, that doesn't sound like a good time to you then just leave it because it's really not like that big of a deal. <laughs> I actually just ordered, I've been shooting my OZ nines now for, uh, I guess two and a half. Oh, uh, well, no, right at three years. Um, now, and I have not touched the recoil spring. So I just didn't care that much, but I actually just ordered, um, a spring co system. That I'm going to play around. You ever played around with that? Nick, the spring co system. Nope. I'm going to, I'm going to play around with it in my guns, see what it does. 
should be interesting. But, um, but yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. Right on, guys. I think that's about it. Anything else you wanted to hit on before we wrap up? I think it's pretty good. <clears throat> yeah. I dig, oh. I dig it, guys. Big takeaways. Find good instructors. Get training. And uh, go home and put the work in. If you are looking for those good training opportunities, folks on this podcast may be able to help you out with that a little bit. All of our information will be down below. If you're not following Nick and Brennan already, take the opportunity to look these guys up. Make sure you're following them and take the advantage, the opportunity to train with these guys if you get the chance. I'm sure they would appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning back in. Speed Up and Get Trades podcast. We will see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys.